It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Redskins. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hicks. And today I'm joined by a very awesome guest, one of the most knowledgeable Saints guys out there for the Canal Street Chronicles over at SB Nation, John Sigler. What's up, John? Hey, Zach. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, It's great to be here, get my insight, and uh, really preview this matchup for this upcoming weekend. Of course, man. Of course. I, I love your takes on the Saints, so it was a really easy choice for who I was going to invite on the pod this week. Before we kind of jump into it, though, I know the Saints are a little dinged up this week in practice. Some of their star players, too. Can you uh, give me some updates on their injured players? Yeah, man. Okay, so all three three of their top leaders and snap scouts played up to this point in the year are, are have mispracticed this week. A lot. That's uh, safety Kenny Vaccaro. He's been out a few weeks now with, with a groin muscle injury uh, that would Two weeks ago was described as a precautionary, pulled him out of the game, and he hasn't practiced in two weeks, so we're not sure what's going on there. Linebacker A.J. Klein injured his ankle this past week in the win against the Bills. He's been out of practice all week. He's most likely going to miss the game. And then today, on Thursday's injury report, we found out that defensive end Cameron Jordan, repeat pro bowler, one of the more underrated pass rushers around around the game, I was held out of practice with a back injury. He did practice yesterday. This is kind of sudden, so it's not really... It's not very clear the severity of the injury. I mean, if it's going to be an issue at all or if he may be on a pitch count. We just don't have enough information on that at this time. So the Saints are missing some pretty big names on the defensive side of the ball, which, as we all know, has been a very surprising, surprisingly strong unit this year. Exactly. I mean, the Saints this year have been really surprising in general. The last couple of years, they haven't really been the Saints of old, the Saints that won that Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And this year, we're finally seeing that Saints team come back to the prominence, back to being one of the best teams in football. Why do you think that is? Why do you think the Saints, like this year in particular, have turned it around, have turned into, you know, perhaps the best team in the NFL? Man, it was a, just a magical offseason. That's the best way I can think to describe it, a miracle, however you want to spin it. There's every one of their top 100 draft picks has started a game at some point this year. Um, their first four picks, they had first-round grades on all four of those guys. That's cornerback Marshawn Lattimore, right tackle Ryan Ramchek, running back Alvin Kamara, and uh, free safety Marcus Williams. Each of those guys is playing a ton of minutes. Um, they're making a ton of plays out there. They've, they've had a plenty of Rookie of the Week awards between them. 
And it's just really turned this team around. Uh, they got a bargain defensive end in Alex Okafor uh, out of Arizona. Uh, he's second on the team with four and a half sacks. Uh, he's on pace to have a career year. And he, I mean, between him and all, all the rookie additions, uh, second-year players stepping up like Sheldon Rankins, David Aguibata, Von Bell, and Mike Thomas on offense. I mean, the Saints have just drafted exceedingly well the past two years, and we're really seeing those young guys step up, make a ton of plays, and win some ball games. Yeah, for sure. And we will get into all that when we go into our positional breakdown. But you did say it was a magical offseason. And in that magical offseason, the, probably the best signing of them all was Adrian Peterson. Can you break down that signing for us and, and why it was didn't work out in New Orleans with Adrian Peterson? Yeah, Peterson, I mean, like we're seeing in Arizona, he's a volume running back. He needs, well, 18 to 20 carries a game to get to a rhythm and get out there and bully guys around and that this wasn't his role here in New Orleans now when he signed on he was okay with that kind of being an upgrade over Tim Hightower uh, who we had last year was uh, I think believe second on the team in carries it was kind of a change of pace back for Mark Ingram but when it came down to it and it was time to execute that Peterson just wasn't really up to snuff he just didn't have the burst that he's had throughout his career here he just wasn't struggling to execute his assignments and, and Alvin Kamara was such a better runner than he was expected to be at this point that he, I mean that made Peterson obsolete so it sucks that it didn't work out but you know he's playing well in Arizona from what I've seen and Saints got Saints to recoup a draft pick for him in next year's selection it's not, not the way we wanted it to go but I think everybody's fairly content with the situation yeah it was kind of a win-win dumping him I mean I actually questioned the move in the offseason I really do think the Saints need that kind of pass-catching rollback. And when they drafted Kamara, man, I was super excited. I heard you got some flack from somebody on, on Twitter, though, for it. What, what was that about? When, when Kamara was drafted, he was a, what kind of pick again? Oh, he was a luxury pick. Yeah, it didn't make sense because, you know, the team has Ingram. They have a Peterson. How, well, how is Kamara going to get on the field? I mean, how's a rookie going to beat out a former NFL player of the year with, with Peterson? That just doesn't make sense. I, I've, heard, I've heard it all over Twitter and SI.com and ESPN and whatnot, and now we're at the halfway point of the season, and he's look, Kamara's looking like a legit offensive rookie of the year candidate. Oh yeah, for sure, Kamara has been excellent. And again, we will get into him. We will get into that kind of stuff here in a second when we go through our positional breakdown here. But I just want to remind you guys to tune into tomorrow's show uh, because I will be doing my first ever scouting reports on two players for the Redskins. So guys, be sure to tune into tomorrow's show as I break down the game of Kendall Fuller and Brandon Sheriff and how their season has gone this year. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So to jump into our offensive breakdown here, we're going to start with the quarterback position. Now, Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Some would say even a top 10, maybe top 5 quarterback of all time. Drew Brees is an outstanding quarterback. And so it's been all him, right? That's the reason why the Saints are winning it all? It's been all Drew Brees this year? Well, he has been executing the offense, and it's a very different one from what we've seen in New Orleans the past few years. Uh, historically, the Saints are a vertical passing game where they're taking shots downfield, they're keeping defenses on their heels, and they're just rocking and rolling. Whether it's threats down the scene like Jimmy Graham or Brandon Cooks, uh, they're just making big, one big play after the next. This year, things are it's, it's just a different offense. They're much more lateral-based, and that's because they've got some exceptional 
receiving backs and Alvin Kamara, like we mentioned earlier, but Mark Ingram has very underrated receiving ability as well. Both of those guys are catching about 78% of their targets. Uh, they're picking up first downs, they're scoring, they're moving the chains, and that really opens things up for the Saints to work in other guys like Ted Ginn Jr., who's having a career year. He's already beaten his career high in receiving yards uh, nine games into the year. <laughs> Michael Thomas, in his sophomore year, he, he, Odell Beckham, and Randy Moss are the only wide receivers to log, I believe, gosh, what was the stat? It was like 150 catches less than 20 games into their career. Uh, so he's in very good company, and he's playing like it. I mean, we saw him go seven for 117 over the Bills this past weekend. So Breeze, he's definitely at the reins. He's an all-timer. He's, he's a legend, and he's just doing a lot to keep this team rolling, even though they're attacking kind of unconventionally for a Sean Payton offense. Yeah, would you say this is actually like a testament to Sean Payton's coaching ability? Because I know a lot of there's a lot of rumors going into the year that this might be Sean Payton's last year in New Orleans because they haven't really been playing up to par of what the Saints have been you know, the last couple years before that when they won the Super Bowl. So you think it's more of like a testament to Sean Payton's coaching ability that they're able to change their offense on the fly like this to accommodate like a better running team? You know, I think it is to an extent, but this is the kind of ball the Saints have been wanting to play for a while now. They've been, that they, that's why they invest in the running back position so heavily, whether it's having guys in the backfield like Chris Ivory and Pierre Thomas many years ago or more recently bringing in uh, C.J. Spiller on a big free agent contract, or in this case, drafting Alvin Kamara, signing Adrian Peterson, just really loading up and attacking up front. Uh, now they finally have an offensive line that can consistently bully opponents. They've got running backs who can make the most of their opportunities in, in all phases, and they can really dial back the pressure on Drew Brees' shoulders, take some responsibility off of him to win ball games. He's on pace to have the fewest passing attempts and it, it, since his uh, 2004 uh, sophomore season. <laughs> so Jeez. It's just, uh, just a, yeah, it's just a terrific shift in the offense, and I think we can put a lot of that on Sean Payton. Something I heard on another podcast earlier this week, that's the moving the sticks over with NFL media with mm-hmm. uh, Daniel Jeremiah and yep. Ducky Brooks. The Saints are 32nd in the NFL in passing targets to tight ends. So that is a huge departure from where they were in the Jimmy Graham days, even when they had yeah. Ben Watson at, at the helm. It's just a different attack. They're hitting you in different ways from different directions. And as we're seeing, it's I mean they're, they're in the middle of a seven, eight-game win streak here. Yeah, I mean, the Saints are definitely legit. I'm terrified to play them this week, no, no doubt about it. Uh, what about that running back duo, though? I mean, would you say they are the best running back duo in the NFL? I mean, they just, they're so different from each other. They attack you in so many different ways. What's your take on these two guys this year? Man, either one of those guys could be the bell cow in an yep. offense. I yep. mean, they can do everything. They can run up the middle. They can cut to the edge. Uh, they can slip out the backfield. They can run routes from the slot. They can pass protect, pick up some blitzers. Uh, I saw Ingram pick up Cam Wake a few weeks ago. Yeah. A few weeks ago, and they're in a pass rush rep, and he won. And you know, Kamara and Ingram they form a great duo. Last year's best tandem uh, was over in Atlanta. That's Devonte Freeman, uh, Devin Coleman. They. They combined for about 2,600 yards in scrimmage, almost, I think, 20 touchdowns. Ingram and Kamara, at the pace they've been on since Adrian Peterson was traded, you stretch that over a 16-game season, you're talking 3,600 yards in scrimmage. Uh, Jeez, <laughs> man. It's gosh. just incredible production out of these two guys. In the last five weeks, Ingram has put up 569 yards in scrimmage, and Kamara has put up 560. So that I mean, that's the kind of threat you're working with here. Two guys yeah. who can put up over 100 yards on you at any day of the week. Yeah, it's a, it's a really weird day where, you know, New Orleans' biggest weapons are not, it's not Drew Brees, it's not, you know, some elite tight end or an elite speedster on the outside. It's 
the two guys pounding pounding the rock every single play. I think they had a series like a I think they started the third quarter against the Bills last week, right? With like twenty two straight carries or twenty three straight carries. Uh, twenty four. Twenty four. The game two shy of tying an NFL record for the most consecutive runs. And you know during that drive, their shortest gain was five yards. They average eight and a half yards per carry during that twenty four play stretch there. Well, I know uh, it was just <clears throat> yeah. I haven't seen anything like it. Well, I know Kamara averages what, like nine yards a touch, eleven yards a touch, and that's just un- that's insane for an NFL player, like even a college player. That's what Bryce Love averages per carry in college, and and he's breaking records in college. Kamara is at what nine yards? I think it's nine yards a touch, right? Or I might be wrong on that. It's, it's about nine yards a touch. Uh, I know that he's averaging six and a half yards per carry, which I mean that leads all NFL running backs yeah, with fifty or more uh, touches or carries. He's got this very underrated. Well, it's probably not underrated anymore after they put up 300 yards on the bills but he's a very powerful runner between the tackles he's got great balance great vision uh there was one play where the offensive line opened a hole so big that camara ran through it for five yards got caught by the turf monster tripped and fell to the ground i saw that they got yeah. back up and ran for five more yards i mean he just his, re- his read and reactability it's almost like a great linebacker in the way that he's able to process a situation and make a play where there doesn't seem to be one He's a budding star in this NFL. I mean, I had him as, I think, my 25th overall player. Now I'm feeling like I was too low on him. I loved Alvin Kamara. And, by the way, I loved all these Saints players. Like, we're going to go into receivers now. And Michael Thomas, as I've said many times, I had him as my, I think it was my 8th or ninth overall player the first draft I ever really scouted. And he fell to, the, like, the, I think it was a late second round. How's Mike? And you, we already kind of touched on Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn a little bit. But anything else you want to kind of add about the receivers here? Yeah, one guy to watch is Brandon Coleman, number 16. Yes. He's the oh. third receiver. Really, he's fourth on the death chart behind Willie Sneed, but Willie is, well, he's not had a great year. He's not getting many targets. He's only got been targeted three times this year. Coleman, meanwhile, is having a career season on his way to a free agency in the spring. I mean, he's he's already set his second most career receiving yards. He's received, I think, three or four touchdowns already. He's just He only gets thrown at, man, probably two or three times a game. But he is good for a big play every time. He, he had a 65-yard catch-and-run against the, uh, the Bears a few weeks ago. I think he blew a tire on his way to the end zone. Didn't yeah, quite make it. He did. And then he had another big play against the Bills this past weekend. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a big play, big threat. He's 6'6", 230. He's finally looking like the guy who many scouts loved at Rutgers many moons ago. Yeah, a fun little tip about, uh, about Coleman. I said I like all these Saints guys that they drafted. Before I really ever scouted players, I tried to get into it a little bit. I think it was my senior year of high school or my junior year of high school. I was looking into uh, to random guys, and I was like, this this Rucker, Rutgers guy's pretty good. I think Brandon Coleman's going to be a stud. I had him as like a first-round pick. I love Brandon Coleman. And, you know, and, he, and like you say, he's a free agent this year, so Redskins fans, keep your eye on him. He, he might be a, a fun guy we can go after. Is he restricted this year, though, after this year? I believe so. I think he's yeah. a restricted free agent this upcoming year. The Saints have invested a lot in him. He's, he's someone it may be hard for them to let go. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's he's having an excellent year. Now let's talk about this offensive line a little bit before we get into defense. Now, you know, the running backs can't do it all on their own. They might be outstanding, and Drew Brees is outstanding in his own right, but this offensive line has to be a big part of it, right? How's this offensive line done this year? Man, they are man, they're, they're kicking ass, <laughs> to be perfectly <laughs> honest. That's what they're doing, man. We've got all five pieces healthy here. You've got Teron Armstead at left tackle. He's one of the best athletes in the NFL, pound for pound. I mean, we everybody remembers his 40-yard dash at the Combine. Ran a four seven at two hundred and ninety five pounds or however much he was, but he's he's finally healthy after injuring his uh, shoulder in, in training camp. So he's he's holding down left tackle and just killing dudes. 
left guard Andrus Pete has really settled in. Former uh, first round pick out of Stanford, uh, he's found his home there. He's a bully. He, he he looks like the sweetest guy ever. But I mean, I, I watched him fold some uh, poor Buffalo Bills a defensive end in half the other day, and uh, he's not he's somebody who I mean you don't see many playmakers along the offensive line, but he is one. Max Unger, he's the closest thing to a weak link on this Saints offensive line at center. He broke he had foot surgery in the offseason, didn't take a single practice rep until week one of the uh, regular season. So he's been slow to get back up to speed, but now he's there, and he made quick work of the Bills' nose tackles. Right guard, you've got a new uh, free agent signing, Larry Warford, uh, signed back in March, who kind of similar situation, took him a little bit to get up to speed, but now that he's there, he's awesome. I mean, get to the second level uh, very efficiently, very very effectively moving linebackers out of the way. He's he's a beast. Biggest name to a lot of people, just thanks to recency, would be Ryan Ramchek, the the Saints' other first-round pick besides Marshawn Lattimore, who we'll get to later, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ramchek, first-round pick out of Wisconsin. Uh, he only played one season of college ball. In his first game, he shut down Artie Key in Wisconsin's game against LSU, and he's done the same thing here in the NFL. Uh, since since he's settled in at right tackle after Zach Street was lost to the year, uh, Ramchek, I, he has not allowed a sack. He's only allowed two hurries in his first three games, and that's against people like Cam Wake, Dominican Sue at times, and this is really talented defensive lineman who he's really shown the business to. So the Saints have got a young O-line built out of draft picks, uh, or high draft picks, so I think, Two first-rounders, uh, Armstead was a highly touted third-rounder. Now he's in the middle of a free agent contract. they got Warford, Unger, possibly the strongest position group on the team. Yeah, I mean, every position group on their offense seems to be the strongest. So this uh, podcast has not made me any more confident in Sunday's game, so thank you for that, John. <laughs> but <laughs> before we jump into the Saints defense and what they're doing right on that side of the ball as well, because John will probably gush all about them as well, I remind you guys to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, this podcast has always been on iTunes. I appreciate all your guys' support, all the reviews so far. Tell me my voice is amazing. Tell me it's the worst thing you've ever heard. I don't care. Leave me a review. I do read it, though, so be a little nice at least. But that is review and rate and subscribe on iTunes, Locked on Redskins. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, John, now let's jump into the defense. Now, I don't want you gushing too much because I know the defense is a tad weaker than the offense. But let's start with perhaps the best player on the defense is Cam Jordan. How's he been this season? He's been phenomenal. He's finally got some guys to help take some of that pressure off of his shoulders, lessen the load a bit, and let just let him go to work. He's had several multi-sack games. He's taken advantage of good matchups at every opportunity. He's, I just can't speak highly enough about him. He, he's finally looking like that all-pro caliber player who has, has been really underappreciated by a lot of fans around the game just because he's played on a bad unit. He is the Saints' primary pass rusher. He leads the team with seven sacks, seven and a half, I believe. He's uh, on pace for 12 on the year, and he's just playing very effectively. Teams do not run in his direction. No way. Either. The last time they did, I think I think they played the Giants a few years ago. And, yeah, last year, playing the Giants, they call a run to, in uh, Cam's direction, and he basically folded the right tackle in, in, in half like a, 
origami swan threw him to the side and then made the tackle and it just hasn't happened since then so he's not the guy you want to go you, you want to attack him ending up on today's injury report on thursday with the, yeah. him being held out with a with a something in something of a back issue that's probably that might be a relief to a lot of uh, redskins fans oh yeah for sure it's definitely a big relief i mean we got we got bailed out last week when everson griffin didn't play against the skins and it definitely helped us in that game and again, if, if Cam Jordan's out in this game, it's going to be big. But the defensive line has played a lot better this year. Sheldon Rankins is, again, one of my favorite players I ever scouted. I think I had him as a top 10 player as well. And again, Okafor on the other side with four and a half sacks. Their defensive line is playing well. Now, probably their weakest positional group on the team this entire year is their linebacker core. What can you tell me about the linebackers? Uh, they're banged up. Their top two linebackers are both going to miss this game. And Alex Anzalone was the third-round pick out of, the, out of Florida. He re-injured a shoulder that's been an issue with, for him for a couple of years now. Back in week four, he's gone. Uh, he's easily their best athlete yeah. in, at that position group. At A.J. Klein, free agent signee out of, out of Carolina, same issue. Same issue. He, he's out with an injury. He hurt his ankle against the Bills. He's been wearing a boot. He missed practice all week. He's not expected to play. So instead, I get to see what happens when Chris Thompson runs around the flats with Craig Robertson and Manti Teo defending him, which I don't think is going to go well for those guys. Um, no. They've played well, given their roles on the on the defense. They've been kind of limited to exposure against these receiving type backs, like Tariq Cohen a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. Ty Montgomery. I don't think that they're going to be so lucky against uh, Chris Thompson. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Chris Thompson is an, is an elite pass catcher. You know, he's he's not Alvin Kamara at this point, but he's close to. He doesn't have that ex- insane ability that Kamara has, but. He, he does a pretty good job with what he's got. So I do love Chris Thompson. All of us Redskins fans do. Then I think another linebacker is on your team too, right? Some depth guy as well. Uh, Nathan Stupar, he's also out for the year as well. Yeah, Nate Stupar was lost uh, about a month ago, I believe, yeah. on a special teams play. Uh, he's one of the leaders of special team stats. Tore his ACL, I believe, ah. covered downing a punt near the end zone. That, re- that really sucks. So now the, now the Saints linebacker core on this Sunday is probably going to look like uh, Teo and Robertson as the top two guys. And then the reserves are going to see some action between uh, Gerald Hodges. Gosh, who else? Uh, man, there's they're mo- so many moving pieces. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The bottom of the roster that- yeah, we just lost two linebackers for the year as well. So I know we lost uh, Compton and Mason Foster for the year. So I don't even know who half our, de- our depth is. I think Zach Vigil's the guy we just signed. I don't even know who that really is so that's kind of where our depth's at middle linebacker as well you do have zach brown who's uh, one of the better athletes at linebackers so that'll be a fun matchup to see yeah we do have zach brown who is you know probably perhaps the best linebacker in football right now with his skill set and his stats you know stats performance right now i think he leads the nfl in tackles by like 13 so zach brown has been all over the place but to get into your secondary this year the same secondary the last couple years has gone from laughably horrible Pretty much NFL history bottom feeder. Like they are one of the they were one of the worst secondaries in the history of football. And this year they have perhaps the top corner in the NFL, one of the best set, like safety duos in the NFL. What what has been the key to this change back here in the Saints secondary? Man, you know the first two weeks of the year looked a lot like the past three years, where there's being this so extra on defense, where you can't just roll out with a zone blitz. You have to call a zone blitz with a double A gap faint to sink into zones and you have to drop cam jordan into coverage and you have to blitz a safety from the deep thirds and just all kinds of crazy stuff they throw all that out the window week three and things have just turned around tremendously marshawn Lattimore was known to be an elite man coverage corner coming out of college and he has taken very quickly to uh, teaching 
by the Saints defensive staff. Uh, that's defensive coordinator Dennis Allen, who has a background in the secondary. That's uh, second-year defensive backs coach Aaron Glenn, who played in the NFL for quite a long time. And then uh, some other assistants, including Theodore Gaianta, who was with the New York Giants for a long time. And so Lattimore, he's become one of the best well, the best rookie in the NFL right now, if not the best cornerback. And he's shut down just about everybody across from him. Uh, he's on pace to allow fewer catches in his rookie year than Darrell Revis allowed in his rookie year. So <laughs> we're talking about a generational talent here. Oh, yeah. So the other guys yeah. on, in the secondary to talk about, uh, Marcus Williams was their second, one of their second-round picks out of Utah. Uh, he has a reputation as a ball hawk, but that hasn't really. you're not going to see that on his stat sheet right now. He only has one pick, and that's because he's well. they're, they're just holding it down in, in the, the deeper parts of the field so well. He's not getting tested often. Uh, he did have two interceptions off of Trump, Tom Brady pulled back from unrelated penalties in mm-hmm. the second game of the year. So <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, he should have three picks, but he's only got the one, so take that for what it's worth. But he's somebody who takes good angles to the ball, limits big plays. He's just a very smart player. Kenny Vaccaro is one of their top defenders. He's, he may be out this week. We mentioned that earlier. He's been uh, working back from a groin uh, muscle pool, so he's been limited in practice. I don't think he participated today, so we're not sure when or if he'll, he'll return. So with him out, you're going to see a lot of Von Bell. He's another Ohio State grad on the Saints. Uh, you know, the Buckeye South is what they've kind of become recently. Can do a lot of things as far as playing the box safety to lining up as a situational pass rusher at times. He's got a set. I think he's got two and a half sacks this year. Uh, he's made a lot of impact plays in that role. And he's somebody who I think will see good number of uh, moments from this weekend. Yeah, it's definitely a really good group they got there in the secondary. And, and overall what we can kind of conclude from, from John's assessment of this team is uh, yeah, they're, they're really good at football and they're going to be a really tough matchup for us this week. A top offense, a top defense, and it's going to be hard for the Redskins to move the ball and, and stop them from moving the ball. So excellent analysis there, John. We're about to conclude this podcast here, but I just kind of want to bring up something. So I talked about this earlier this week. I was talking about previous Saints and Redskins matchups, and the one that always sticks out to me, I don't know if you remember this at all, when the Saints won the Super Bowl, a couple, you know, whatever years ago it was, do you remember when the Redskins played the Saints that year? I don't remember what part of the year. I know it was around this time, as I recall. Yeah, the so the Saints were eleven and zero. The Redskins were three and three and eight at this point. Do you remember how the Saints ended up winning that game? Oh yeah, the yeah, the meet around there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. See, I knew so I knew they, a Saints so they, fan. I knew a Saints yeah, fan. Yeah, okay, I remember that play quite well. So so Drew Brees drops back in the pocket, hits uh, tight end Jeremy Shockey on a crossing route. Uh, he gets tackled by a safety, pops the ball up, and another defensive back runs up, grabs it out of midair, starts to run it back. While he's crossing the field, Robert Meacham, a wide receiver, catches him midway, strips the ball, and then runs it in about 30 yards for a score. It was just one of the craziest plays and from a, a season full of high-octane crazy plays. Oh, dude. So hope I didn't, hope I didn't reawaken any uh, old wounds in the in your uh, fan listener base here just now. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> no, man. I, w- I was actually talking about old Saints and Redskins matchups um, on Tuesday's pod, and I was talking about how, like, how the last couple matchups have been great. You know, 2012, RG3's rookie game, how RG3 came out slinging it, and how Kirk Cousins dismantled you guys a couple years ago in 2015. So I was talking about how these last couple matchups have been fun, but people didn't really seem to remember that one. Or the Saint- I knew a Saints fan remember it, though, because, yeah, what what'd you call it, the Meach-around? Is that what it was? Yeah, well, Robert Meacham was the player who uh, made, made, yeah. the, made the strip and returned to be. It's, it's been the, uh, the Meach-around play for the... Among, among Saints fans in the 10 years or however long since. You, you know, not to – I know I've been gassing up the Saints a fair bit this podcast, but I, I just really want to 
stress that you know the Redskins are a good football team. I know they're yes. they've been hit hard with injuries. You guys had what twenty one on the injury report today. Oh, we um, have... I'm really bummed. My guy, my guy, my Matt Ionidas, Ionidas, Ionidas. I forget how Ionidas. to spell. Yeah, to Ionidas. It. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, man, he was one of my guys at the Senior Bowl a couple of years ago. Uh, I watched him put Zach Martin on his back in one on one drills, and he, he ended up. I, I think he's been bouncing on and off of the roster, and he started some games at nose tackle for you guys, played well, and now he's out with an injury. And yeah. it just kind of bums me out because that's some, that's somebody I'm a fan of, and uh, I mean he had good tape at Temple, and I just I, I was happy to see him doing well and in, 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 at the pro level at this point, you know. Oh, he was having a great year. He's actually on pace to play this week, but he's going to have a giant giant uh, cast on his hand this week. So I don't know how effective he'd be, but yeah, like you said, he had four and a half sacks I think through like six games. He was on pace for like thirteen or fourteen sacks. He was having an outstanding season, and then you know derailed by injuries. Jonathan Allen going down with an injury as well. I mean you can. You can't even count on two hands how many uh, players on IR now for the Redskins. We have, I think, 12 players now on IR. So it has been a tough season. And, oh, yeah. And, of course, we have played the toughest schedule in football by, like, by far. I think our opponent's winning percentage is, like, 67, is 67% or something like that. And that's with... Yeah, it's something crazy. I was looking at that earlier. It's just obscene. I mean, even the power gap between y'all and the second highest ranked schedule. I do want to make note, the Saints have, have faced... The highest yeah. uh, strength of schedule among all teams with a winning record. They're at five sixty-five, I believe. And they, yep. I mean, the only the two, their two losses came to the New England Patriots and the Minnesota Vikings, two teams that are I think seven and two, eight and two, eight and two at this point in the year. So it should be a good game between two good teams. And well, I hope the Saints don't keep it too close, but I'm expecting the Redskins to be in it all the way through. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of where I've been all week with it. I think the Saints do pull us off because again. They are a really hard team right now. I mean, they are rolling. They're firing on cylinders. So it'd be really tough for the Skins to win. But uh, do you got a score prediction for this weekend here, John? Man, I'm thinking that this is going to be the first game in a while. Just because I, I like Kirk Cousins. I like the Skins offense. Got some good receivers between Jamison Crowder. Yeah, mm-hmm. Josh Doxson. Yep. Got some guys coming off the bench like Ryan Grant, who are pr- pretty good. Was it Mo Harris? Is the practice squad guy who was called up? Yeah, Mo Harris. Uh, the guy's one-handed plays, as our, Yeah, as, as I recall. Yeah, I, I did my homework. Um, Jordan Reed is expected to play last I checked, so that should be another dynamic part of the, of the offense. It's have, they haven't allowed a lot of yards to tight ends, but they haven't played a lot of good tight ends. So this could be kind of a coming out game for uh, Chris Thompson and Jordan Reed if, if the Saints linebackers aren't up to snuff. So I'm thinking this is going to be kind of close, probably like a 28-23 to matchup where it'll, it'll probably be within a score to close out the game. One guy I want to touch on real quick before we go is uh, – well, situational pass rusher, Junior Jovais Gallette. He's a, <laughs> he's a former Saints uh, kind of a problem child, I guess you could say. And uh, a lot of Saints fans are eagerly waiting for him to make his return and ho- hopefully get pasted into the ter- turf in the, As- in the uh, Superdome. Uh, how, how has he looked in, for the Washington defense? He's got a lot of pressures. He's looked quick, but he's just not finishing plays, and he's just not an every-down player. So. I don't. Th- I don't think he's recorded one sack this year. He's got a couple pressures. He's looked okay at times, but definitely not what he promised going into the year. I think he was talking on Twitter before the year saying 14 sacks. Unless he gets all 14. Yeah, he, he talks a lot. Yeah. Yeah, unless he gets all 14 <laughs> this weekend, I don't. I don't see him getting there. But you know, Redskins fans are hoping that this is his coming out party for the year. Hopefully, he comes out against his old team and and schools you guys for a couple sacks. But uh, I don't know. He hasn't really been that great this year. So I guess we'll see with uh, Junior. Well, yeah, if Adrian Claiborne can do it, and so can Junior Gallette. So. <laughs> yeah, if you guys want to start Chaz Green on your left tackle, then there we go. We'll we'll get Junior Gallette with six, seven sacks. Yeah, I, 
I don't know about that one, but we'll, uh, we'll have to see how that turns out. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on today. We had It was a really fun show. Oh, my score prediction, by the way, I'm going to go 34-27 Saints. This is the first game all year I've picked the opposing team to win. That's how much respect I have for the Saints team. So 34-27 is where I'm going with. 28-23 is John's prediction. We'll see who's closer. Again, John, thanks for coming on. Any last words you want to say? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Zach. I appreciate the opportunity to get to interact with another fan base and everything. If any guys will like what I had to say, check me out on Twitter. That's at John underscore Sigler. That's S-I-G-L-E-R-R-R. See if the takes are too hot or what you guys think. should be a fun game. I'm looking forward to catching it in between my eight-year-old soccer awards there. So we'll see how it goes. Thanks for having me on. See you guys today. Yep. Thanks for coming on again, John. You were excellent. I love you as a guest. Thank you. And everyone, go follow him for his awesome, not too crazy hot takes. He does some good work over there at um, SB Nation. So John is an excellent follow. So guys, remember, tune in tomorrow as we will be breaking down our individual player reviews on Kendall Fuller and Brandon Sheriff for the season. So I will talk to you guys tomorrow. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.